0: One of my favorite television series is called Shtisel. How many of you have seen this? Great. So for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a, an Israeli television series. And it's about an Orthodox family who lives in Jerusalem in the Orthodox neighborhood called Geula. Um, there's a young male protagonist. His name is Akiva, or Kiva for short. And he has, he's kind of a Luftmensch. And being a Syrian Jew from Brooklyn, I didn't know exactly what that meant. So I looked it up and it said air human. Which seems to mean space cadet, right? As his head is in the skies. Um, his father, so Akiva's an artist. He's not so practical. He's definitely a part of the community, but, You know, he's just a little spacey and lovely and poetic and everybody falls in love with him. And his father, Shulam, is extremely practical and kind of authoritarian. And he wants his son to get married very badly. So Akiva broke up with maybe the second fiancé, I don't remember. And the father, Shulam, was furious and threw him out of the house. And there's a very poignant scene where you see Akiva going to look For some place to stay, and the series kind of goes back and forth between like the reality and surrealism. And in this particular scene, he's carrying a sack of rocks. Does anyone remember this? So he's he's from place. I guess not. From place to place. (laughs) When he goes to look for a place to stay, you're. Thank you. You're my new best friend. Thank you. He's just dragging this sack of rocks, and you, you get the sense that, you know, it's all his his sorrow, his being weighed down, his emotional baggage. And I was thinking while I was reflecting on the moment we're in now, which is really, I mean, Yom Kippur was ended Wednesday night, and we're about to go into Sukkot on Sunday night. It's kind of a narrow passage between the heaviness of. Of making, you know, of making tshuva, of repenting. And even though there's a joy in forgiveness, it's really, it's a big, intense project to repent, right? So going from there to Sukkot with where we're going to live in these flimsy, um, huts for eight days. And what the Torah tells us about Sukkot is that we shall be joyous right? We shall be joyous, absolutely joyous in our holiday, right? So I was wondering, how do we get from Yom Kippur to Sukkot? And does Yom Kippur and the Days of Awe, does that whole period really eliminate or take away or lighten our emotional baggage are we still carrying it into Sukkot can we really rejoice in the absolute temporality and fragility that we're said to rejoice in over Sukkot the sukkah. There's a few understandings of Sukkot and the Sukkah specifically in tradition. The first one is that the Israelites lived in these flimsy huts as they were traveling through the desert. And some of the, um, the halakhot, the laws for a Sukkah, really interesting. So there should be more shade than sun, and we should be able to see the night sky and the stars once night is upon us, right through the roof. Um, And it should be an absolutely temporary dwelling. Considering that we're coming from, on the days of awe, the harsh light of God's judgment, it's interesting that now we're sitting protected by shade. And the second meaning of the sukkah really takes us to that place because it is said that the sukkah is consists of God's clouds of glory, right? So we're actually being protected by God's presence, right? Not just a flimsy hut, by God, but God's presence. So the first understanding of the flimsy, you know, the flimsy sukkah. Um, takes us to a place of utter temporariness. How do we live with that and rejoice? It's almost like the Sukkot is our sand mandala, right? It's like we sit in the sand mandala for eight days and then it's taken down and we don't see it again until next year, right? Utterly temporary and we rejoice in that. How often, apart from Sukkot, do we really rejoice in being so lightweight? Right? And we're, we're always striving to be grounded and have a house and have our trappings and we have insurance and we do risk management and we really try our utmost to have such a secure life so that we're protected and fortressed from all ends and then suddenly we're in a zukkah? Really? For eight days? And instead of terrifying us, we rejoice in that. We rejoice in that weightlessness. If you remember the book, The Unbearable Lightness of Being, this is the bearable lightness of being. This is the lightness of being that we rejoice in. Now, the Anane Kavod, the clouds of glory, give us something different. The clouds of glory in the Torah are what reminded the Israelites that God was still there. Right? They kept forgetting. They kept feeling insecure in their relationship with God. And this was kind of a symbol for psychologists. They call it object constancy. Right? They, they would look, this would be a sign of God's presence. God is coming back. It's almost like a little kid whose mother or father leaves the house and the kid thinks they're never coming back. And that actually was related to why B'nai Israel, why the Israelites created a golden calf. They didn't know Moses was coming back, right? They were, they're, in being just freed slaves, they are that insecure. So had, they had to learn lessons in what a relationship was and how to sustain and, and actually tolerate a relationship. Nell Morton, if you remember her, she's a, a feminist from uh, the 20th century, which now feels a long time like a long time ago. Um, wrote a book called *The Journey Is Home*. And *The Journey Home*, *The Journey Is Home* is the name of the book. Nell Morton, N-E-L-L-E, and then Morton, N- Morton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get her quote. She talks about, since I can't find the specific quote, she ta- oh here. She says maybe journey is not so much a journey ahead or a journey into space, but a journey into presence. I think that's exactly what the holiday of Sukkot teaches us, right? It's a journey into the absolute temporal nature of life. Imagine feeling like wherever you went and wherever presence was, that was home for you. I know I find it hard to imagine because whenever I get anxious, I want to actually go home, right? Or like go under my covers. So, it's, it's sort of a new idea to think that you could find a home in your own presence, or maybe even in the presence of another. So to go back to my question, how do we move away or from our heavy burdens into joy? And I think my answer has something to do with the way the Israelites received Torah. They said, Na'asev sevenishma." we will do and we will understand. And it's interesting that neurologists and psychologists also back up this notion. Sometimes when we go through the motions, we just go through the motions, the feelings follow. So my answer for how to be joyful during Sukkot is actually to practice joy. To pretend, even if you're not there yet, sing your hearts out, sit in the Sukkah, Celebrate with your friends, and then maybe the joy will follow. And I will say about myself that one of the worst feelings for me is to be out of sync with the Jewish calendar, to like to feel totally bound on Passover and miserable on Purim, and you know, and depressed on Sukkot. Right? And I remember the time when I was absolutely in sync with the Jewish calendar more than ever before. I felt like I embodied Israel. I was actually um, in a very serious relationship, kind of engaged to this Israeli architect. And I'm going to call him Yonatan, just in case he's watching a live stream from his kibbutz in Israel, which I'm sure he's not, but you never know. Um, <laughs> so I flew to Israel to see him right before Tisha B'Av, the day of lamentation, right, the day of mourning for the Jewish people. He picked me up from the airport. We drove to Jerusalem. He broke up with me on the way. <laughs> So I spent the day of Tish Av wailing at the wailing wall. <laughs> Never since then was I quite totally in sync, but I still <laughs> <laughs> It's still my goal, like on Sukkot, I want to be like totally there, totally enjoy, right? So so my, um, my kavana and my encouragement for all of us is to practice joy, is to just practice joy, to sit in a, we have a, a, a sukkah, as Basia said a few minutes ago, a Basya. Basia. Um, go sit in, in, in our sukkah, in the Roman sukkah, and any sukkah, and find an opportunity to sit with friends and share a meal and sing and feast. So that you're ready, I want to teach you the song. The song that we've been singing, just in case you don't fully know it. So, Basi's gonna help me. And here are the words, okay? Please repeat after me. I wanna say one more thing. No guilt if you can't be happy. No guilt. So this is a practice for joy, an orientation towards joy. But I think the worst thing in the world is when you're not feeling happy and everyone else around you is happy to so feel bad that you're not happy. So, just this is just a sort of a, a kavana, an intention, a direction um, for for joy over, you know, our people's wonderful holiday called Sukkot. You're singing it, or are we not You're singing it. You're, singing, you're teaching.
1: I think he was singing. Okay. 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 And you were singing, and Is Sa e